All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, September 25th. Uh, by the way, if you are listening to us live, we really appreciate that, but I'm also going to tell you we do also stream on YouTube live, and you're going to want to start watching those because if you've been listening, we are doing those things where we show off books from our personal collection, and you can't see that on audio only. So go out there on YouTube, look for Lost in Longbox. We got the funny Aquaman icon, and make sure you hit the notification bell so we know that you're out there and we can give you a shout out. Um, you know, I was just watching our intro video. I don't think I like my picture. I, I want another picture. Well, you know, EK said he could switch it out. I think mine's fantastic, personally. That's what I was going to say, everybody looks so handsome on it, and I don't on mine. Well, so. there's only so much you can do with a picture. Uh, of you. I know. I, right? That's definitely yeah. art imitating life. So, hmm. all right. Then. Yeah. How was everybody's weekend? Oh, pretty good. I, I like how it's just pretty good, and you just kind of drop it. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, I am, of course, uh, your host, Randall. I've got my partners in crime here. Thomas, madman working the boards. Enos is on his way. Um, I can tell you that if he came the way I came, there is a broken down tractor trailer. So he, he might hear before the show ends. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> let's hope so. All right. So let's jump right into the news items. Dun, 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 dun. Saturday was Batman Day. Yes, indeed. And I didn't get to see the bat signal anywhere. And Neither I, did I. I told myself I need to try and find who's going to be broadcasting that or streaming it or what have you and totally missed it. Yeah, apparently, Fredericksburg is just not important enough to have a bat symbol. Well, and I get that, but surely somebody had to be broadcasting that live on YouTube or something. And, you would think, yeah. And I missed it. And, and the sad thing is I wasn't doing anything. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's right. I was probably sleeping by the time that came on because I, I worked an event all day Saturday you by myself. You were the beekeeping thing. Right, and I was tired. So, All right. So speaking of Batman, oh, crap balls. Hang on. Tommy, uh, fill air because I literally just lost my notes. Uh-oh. You better get them back. So, speaking, this is not about Batman related, but uh, Hulu has announced that Ghost Rider will be not be proceeding due to creative differences. So, we will no longer be getting the, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider TV show on Hulu. So, just what exactly is creative differences? That tells me that the writing staff could not come to agreement with Marvel. That Marvel saying, we yeah, don't like where that's going. We don't like where that's going. Or, you know, maybe an actor didn't like where the direction it was going and decided to back out. But you know what? Unless you're a big name actor, you normally don't have any say in that. Right, right. So I would imagine it was a difference between whoever the writer was and and Marvel or, you know, Hulu and, and the writer or something like that. Who is going to be Ghost Rider in that anyway? I don't remember his name, but it was the same the same person that played Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, okay. Okay. So who, whoever that was, I don't remember his name. I am terrible when it comes to celebrities' names. So. Well, I didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s past season two. Yeah. In fact, I don't think I got all the way through season two. But it's just, I was just wondering because if it was a, an actor who didn't agree with the creative decision or the direction it was going, normally they just recast. Yeah. So that tells me it's bigger than just a problem with the actor. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know exactly what it means, but they're going forward with, with their other shows. But Ghost Rider is done. Well, well, not a problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would have preferred a, a Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch, you know, on the motorcycle myself. I'm not a huge Ghost Rider fan overall, but, you know, when, when I do have a Ghost Rider, I kind of want the motorcycle. It's a really hard character to sell. I got to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's unless you are going to go horror and supernatural specific with that character, it's you just can't do a regular show with it. Right. It, like you said, it has to be horror specific and supernatural specific and kind of needs a you know, not a PG rating, I would think. Either. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just don't see Hulu pulling off something R-rated for the sake of staying true to the character. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, I found my notes again. Everybody, yay. Um, <clears throat> speaking of Batman Day, so you know Tom King's last issue of regular Batman is 85. Right. Um, because I guess even though they said the book was selling and someone didn't like the direction, but DC has finally told us who the new creative team is going to be with Batman in January. I didn't realize it was going to be that long. So with Batman 86, it is actually going to be in really good hands because the writer is actually going to be James Tynion IV, who's already doing Detective Comics. Mm -hmm. um, has already got a nice, strong history there. And the artist is going to be Tony S. Daniel, who's also already done some work on Batman Detective Comics, as well as Teen Titans Action and Deathstroke. So it looks like they got smart and said, well, let's just give it to someone who's already familiar with the characters and already done it. I'm glad to see how well you're handling this, Randy. I, I, was, I was expecting this to not go as well as, as what I just saw there. So I'm, I'm glad to see that you're handling this relatively well. All right, the jokes are wearing thin. No, they're not. You made like four before we even went on the air. Well, yeah, I have to. All right. So uh, also uh, we learned that, you know, Iron Man was going to be ending in December with issue 19. You know, and, and I said, mark my words, it means we're just getting another Iron Man. And I was right. Of course I you were. Iron Man 2020. Um, apparently there's a story going on in Iron Man now called the Ultron Agenda. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be wrapping up in Iron Man number 19. But supposedly the cover is also going to be hinting at what's going to be the Iron Man 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's interesting because what they're showing is uh, it looks like Iron Man is now going to be a hybrid of robot and human and more robot than actual human. Mm -hmm. To the point that they're saying that Tony Stark may even be the whole ghost in a machine driving the armor and not so much of a human entity. Well, Iron Man 2020 is an actually already established character that first appeared in Machine Man 2020, number two. It's Arno Stark. Oh, okay. They, so do you think they're using that character or are they just – I think they're doing a the thing that Marvel does where they reuse a name and they're just keeping the character. Okay. Uh, but the reason I have that on the news items, um, because I'm not a big Iron Man fan myself, but I wanted to get your guys' opinions. Is it just me or does it feel almost like Marvel is struggling with this character? Like, what do we do with him? I, I think they are. And I mean, you know, they, they want to change, create, you know, also leave it to Marvel, change creative teams, you know, new number one. But. Well, because I've been thinking about it the last few years, they how many times have they been rebooting it the last few years with new creative teams? They did the yeah. whole thing with Riri Williams and Ironheart trying to breed new life in it. They did the whole thing with Dr. Doom and the infamous Iron Man. Mm. And it's just here lately, I'm like, you guys are really struggling with this character, aren't you? I, I, I don't think they can find a way to keep him interesting is what's. I never read Riri Williams, so I can't really speak on her as a character or anything like that. But I thought Ironheart is a horrible name. When I, when I first heard that name, the first thing I thought is with your powers combined. Right. I am Captain Planet. So, but I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that, Madman? Do, do you get the same vibe that we don't know what we're doing with our own character now? Uh, I think in general, uh, they've used up a lot of their best content from it to make the movies. I think they've been pulling uh, their best creators in terms of writing um, out of the comic books and into creating these movies and so forth. And so I think the pool that actually of people who are actually write for the comic books uh, don't really have a whole lot of ideas. They're not the best people. And I think generally uh, our entertainment culture tends to be recycling a bunch of ideas right now. Right. And uh, there's not a whole lot of stuff that's new and innovative that's coming out. I think it's a general stagnation of, of creativity. Crea yeah. Creativity across the board. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, you heard that, that. Um, Jared Padalecki is going to be in the reboot for Texas Walker Ranger. 
I don't know who that is. So Walker, Texas Ranger. My bad. No, I mean Jared Pe- Pedalecki. Uh, supernatural fame. Of course, okay, I yeah. know Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, that's why I don't know who that is. I didn't watch. Well, I mispronounced it. That's why I'm saying so. I had okay. to correct it. Yeah. Did you ever watch Supernatural? No. Um, I bet your wife has. Possibly. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty pretty good joke. <laughs> but so really, you've never watched Supernatural? I may have seen an episode of it here and there. The but, two brothers yeah. who combat uh, evil. Uh, oh, the, I know the premise behind it. Okay. Yeah, I know the premise behind it, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. Really. First four or five seasons were all about keeping Satan from coming to Earth and then it nosedived from there. Yeah, wasn't it on like 20 seasons or something crazy? It's like on. That, its, it's like actually that. on its final season now, I think season 13. Okay. My God. That's still pretty impressive. Yeah. Right. But... It's funny. I watched that show right up to when the final seal got broken and Satan was coming to Earth, and then I quit watching. Uh-huh. <laughs> and everybody's like, "That's where you stop." And I'm like, "Sorry." All right, going on to other news. So you know, we have that Birds of Prey movie coming, uh, yeah. movie coming out. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous uh, Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Right, long title. Right. I actually liked that the idea of it, but I guess there was going to be a new Birds of Prey comic that was going to tie into it, or mm-hmm. you know, get uh, comic readers into it because hoping that they would come in. Obviously, a movie comes out to come into the comic shop. Well, found out, um, I guess the Birds of Prey comic was going to be by Brian Azzarello and Emanuela Lupacino. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've pushed back the release date. In fact, they've actually changed it. It's now going to be a mature title, a part of the back label line. I was reading that, yeah. Which I thought that's actually kind of interesting because I always saw the Birds of Prey as that group that operates underneath the shadows sort of stuff that Batman's not touching. Yeah. And in fact, when they originally started that, it was like, well, we're we're handling the things that Batman's too busy or beneath his notice type of deal. So I got to hand it to DC. I like the fact that they're starting to branch out their Black Label title. Yeah, and because this is going to be an ongoing. This is going to be their first ongoing. Yes. Well, and I'll say, I hope it's an ongoing and not going to be a miniseries. If they're pushing back the release date to make it a Black Label title, I could see it being changed to a miniseries. Mm-hmm. But I guess we'll have to see. Because so far, everything else has been on a black label. It's been a miniseries. Yeah. Oh, so I do have a question. You're reading Captain Marvel, right? I am reading Captain Marvel, yes. Okay. So I'm asking you what's going on in that book because there's some very interesting news about issue 13 coming. I have not read the most recent one. Um, but so far right now, Star has shown up. We said that we have our suspicions that it's an earlier version of Captain it's Marvel. It's the binary version. By the binary version of Captain Marvel. One of her – they found – in the last issue I read – um, one of her Cree nemesis was was found nemesis nemesis was found dead. <laughs> uh, she's getting back together with James Rhodes, so that was pretty cool. Back together? Yeah. Apparently, I I didn't read the, like the previous one, but you know, in the beginning, it reveals that there was a, a relationship between the two of them before. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's having issues with her powers, kind of not working at full strength. Tony is trying to Tony Stark's trying to figure those that out. Okay. So. Well, the reason I'm asking, because I guess issue 13, which is coming out really soon, mm-hmm. um, it looks like she gets into some type of weird alliance, which I guess is not on the hero side. And the solicitation is that she's actually going to be killing an Avenger oh, in wow. that issue. So that's that's the whole reason I'm asking, because I know they're doing a lot of um, chances with this character. First off, the whole star character, and now the whole we're going to be killing a, 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 an Avenger in that book. Yeah, it's been a pretty pretty decent book so far. I've I've enjoyed it. Well, here's what I'm wondering, because incoming is all about a murder mystery. Yes, I wonder if there's going to be a tie in here. There could be because thirteen should be hitting about the same time that incoming one drops. Right. I'm still convinced incoming is going to be the death of Peter Parker. 
Peter Parker, right? Because I've seen a lot of the cover solicitations, and you see a Spider-Man on the cover, mm-hmm. which could probably be Miles Morales. Yeah. I'm just I'm really curious on this one. All right. So, what other news items you got? Uh, today is Christopher Reeves' Reeves' oh, birthday. That, that's right. It is. Yep. Isn't he dead? He is it dead. is. But today would have it been was his still, birthday. It would still be You don't his get birthday. any more birthdays after you're dead. You do if you're Christopher Reeves. <laughs> Madman rolls his eyes, dear listener. Madman rolls his eyes. Yeah, he was. He's the greatest Superman ever, so. My, I will, my, I will super, give you that. My Superman. My Superman. I mean, for a long time, it was George Reeves, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, died under suspicious circumstances. Oh, right. The. Uh, Murder slash suicide. Which one is it? Yeah. That's a great... By the way, listeners, if you haven't actually seen the movie Hollywood Land... Great movie. That is a fantastic movie, all dealing with the the whole supposed uh, murder of George Reeves and the, the Superman uh, mythos. It's got that really great... Um, Affleck was George Reeves in that Yes, movie. he was. So he's kind of played Superman and, and Batman. Batman. Yes. I mean, not directly Superman, but you know what I mean. Right. Well, you see him in the Superman yeah, costume. Yeah, he's in the costume. It's, and it's got that great story in there about the kid with the loaded gun that tried to shoot him. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give that away on, on the air, but you guys got to watch the movie. Have you seen that, Madman? I have not. That's it's actually a really good movie. Good movie. One of Affleck's better yes. films. Fine piece of acting. All right, so we got our show and tell over here. I don't have Enos yet. Um, you know what? I might go ahead and, and show this book also, um, even though we're going to be doing a, a Patreon video with it later. Um, but before we do that... Um, Normally, we pay the bills while we're mentioning uh, Flashback Comics. We're still going to do that. But Flashback also just hooked us up with a ton, a ton of comics and trade paperbacks and magazines. And our station manager, EK, is just over the moon with it now. And I, I came in, he immediately pulled the box out and was like, look what Troy did for us. So, Troy, if you're listening tonight or listening tomorrow somewhere down the road, thank you very much. They are very much appreciated. We've already started going through the box and divvying up and saying, I want to read this. I want to look at that, especially um, the DVD that Kevin dropped in there. Um, I know that EK has already claimed a digital copy. I'm going to be claiming the Blu-ray and probably leaving the DVD for somebody else. There's two of them in there. But, uh, yeah, so, Madman, go ahead and read our copy for Flashback Comics. Pair Bills. Flashback Comics is the sponsor of Lost in the Long Box, and they are located out of Woodbridge, Virginia, and they have tons of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They are located in Woodbridge at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. They are open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and on Sundays, they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy, we're watching you. I'm kidding. Just tell Troy that we sent you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, Troy, thank you for this box. I'm, I'm not kidding. There's a lot of great stuff in here. He's been happy for like two oh, days. It's oh, annoying. Yeah. He, he was all giddy when I came in because he said uh, he's not a big Marvel and, and DC fan. Yeah. He likes a lot of the off the wall stuff. And Troy's like, I can hook you yeah, up. I can hook you so, up with that. <laughs> so, and that's exactly what he did. All right. So we're going to do our show and tell. And this is what I was telling you guys earlier. If you're listening live, we love you. That's that's fantastic. But you also want to be watching our live feed on YouTube because we do show off our goodies here. Um, and by that, he means comic books. Right. I do mean comic books, yes. Yeah. Um, now you just derailed my train of thought. Who do I want to go with first? Because you guys – you know what? I'll go with mine first because mine is not as impressive as what you two guys brought in. I mean it's pretty in- impressive still, but it's not on the level that you guys have. So I brought in – his isn't as impressive as ours, Right, man. 
Just saying. Wow, you just you just yeah. loaded with zingers. You sat um, home and wrote all this material down, didn't you? Yes, because I knew what you were going to say before <laughs> you got on the show. All right. I brought in my first print of Batman the Killing Joke. Oh, nice. First print? Yes. And wow. it's up to like, what, 13 prints now, I yeah. think? Yeah. I have that as well. Um, and this is a really great copy. I bought this um, from the guy that I see down in Dragon Con every year, Crazy Ed. I uh, don't know if you're listening. Um, if you guys haven't read this story, this is probably – the ultimate Joker Batman story. The ending in it is fantastic. And what I mm. like about the ending, well, Madman shaking his head like, eh, it's all right. It's all right. What I love about the ending on this show, Madman, and, and this will probably change the way you view, view it, um, more shows us that there is a very fine line between Batman and Joker and that given the circumstances, they could have been opposite sides of the fence. Or same sides of the fence. Or same sides of the fence, right. In another universe. We may have been friends. Well, and you know what? Now that I think about it, because um, Sean Murphy and um, White Knight tells exactly that story because Alan Napier slash Joker gets killed and he's sane for a while. And and then when he – so anyway, yeah. When did that come out, the first print? 88, I want to say. Yeah, I think it's something like that. And they've also done a couple of hardcover collections. I know there was like a 10th anniversary hardcover reprint, and then there's like a special edition reprint. And like I said, the actual trade has been reprinted uh, probably a good 13 times now. So, yeah, yeah. at least. At, at least. least. But I, I think brought the it printing in because, I got is like the 12th or something. Because like this is a really nice copy. I'll sit, let you see that. I mean, it's. Well, I already have this. I have a first print of it. Oh. Yeah. I know what it looks like. I know every page of that book. Well. Okay, well, yeah, I, I excuse have to, I have me. To. I thought I was being all impressive and what. I, well, what am I going to do? The only thing I can – I'm going to open it up and look and see that there's no printing number at the just, bottom of the page. Well, you know how you know because it's got the green letter. The green label. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. The other the other ones are different colors. Because so I think the second print actually went red, right? I think so. Yeah. Anywho, now that they're not impressed and they're like, yeah, start yeah. – That's You know what I'm going to do for now on? I'm just going to bring that Patsy Walker 95 in every week. Just rub it <laughs> And I will tell you you're number one. So, <laughs> all right. So Enos has made it. You got any news items, Enos? Get yourself situated. Yeah, get yourself situated. Get situated. Yeah. Situated. All right. And then Thomas has brought in. I, I got to tell you what. I was a little bit jealous when you said you had this because I haven't picked any of these up yet. And I remember reading these when they first came out on a newsstand, mm -hmm. but it was already well past number one. Um, and this was probably one of Kirby's best works for DC, even over Mr. Miracle. Yes, I said it. Commandy, last boy on earth, number one. I figured that was appropriate for tonight's topic since I'm sure he's going to come up. He probably will. Uh, you could always tell a Kirby face. Oh, yeah. I, I know, <laughs> right? Face thrown by Kirby, you know? Yeah. You know, this is one that you know, we, we talked about comics that needed a movie. This is one that could probably be a really good movie. Oh, it would be. It'd be a good sci fi thriller. Yeah. Most definitely. The problem is this iconic image of him in the water and the Statue of Liberty behind him. You wouldn't be able to use it because people who don't yeah. know the comic are just going to immediately say, "Oh, you're ripping off Planet, Planet, Planet of the Apes. Apes." Yeah, which that'd be the, the first thing somebody would say. You're absolutely right, right. on that. Although, and for anyone who hasn't read this, there's a really a great issue, and I don't know the number where they do address the fact that Superman was still a legend even in the the, um, the time after all this destruction, and the suit is actually like a shrine that's mm -hmm. being kept in a cave, right? Right. So, yeah, they they touch on that in the um in the Bendis's new Legion of Superheroes Millennium. Is this your show and tell? Yes, sir. The game we play. All right, we'll put that. Um, <laughs> who did that anyway? I don't remember. Al Wilson. Al Wilson. Yes, sir. Um, and this is that is Genesville. What 
what issue number is this? Is this a fifth issue? Anyhow. Yes. So it's issue five of the Captain Marvel series with Genghis Vell. Is that what you call him? Genesis Vell. Genesis Vell. So can I ask, why did you bring this copy? Because I'm really curious. I bought this because to go in line with uh, my new shirt. Oh, the one with, uh, but but see, you're wearing actual Marvel on yeah. your shirt, though. Right, yeah. So it's like I, I brought in the Marvel, the, the 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 two Marvels that I had, the one with Frank Miller and the other one that when we first started doing show and tell. So I had him in there, being that he's his son. And this wasn't a bad series. And if you're an Ed Bennis fan, this is love me some Ed Bennis. This guy, this is the book that he cut his teeth on. Really? That's Ed Bennis yeah. art. Ed Where's Bennis the marks. Um, Sorry, <laughs> looking for teeth marks. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's uh, Bennis cover. Okay, I don't I think say, so. Yeah, that doesn't look like a Bennis cover. Yeah, I'm gonna like tell you that. I, I don't think it's um, Ed Bennis cover. As actually, it looks like it's Kazada. Could be. Could be. Is that a Q right there? Right here. There's the, that's the artist signature. No, that's not Kazada. No, that's not Kazada. Uh, but um, the, the interior like was the, Oh, wait. It's got hands. Can't be a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and feet. Do you yeah. see feet? <laughs> I don't know. Are there feet? No, no. There oh, is a Yes, there is. You can see feet. There, Ricky's on his knees. And there's hands. Wait, wait. Are all the fingers all the same length? Okay, no. <laughs> I, I, don't see any, I don't see any guns that are you yeah. know, astronomically sized. Right. Or pouches. Or pouches, yeah. But um, Ed Bennis did the interiors. All right, cool. Uh, the reason I was asking because, and I'm sorry, I hated this character. I, I wanted Marvel back, or I wanted him to finally just, because this is before they actually gave it to Carol. Yeah. Because for years I said, just give it to Carol. She's earned it. Right. There's your book, sir. Right. All right, what else we have? Oh, Madman. Um, you know what? Your entire Justice League collection is going to be in here before the, the year's out. Um, Justice League number 74. This is actually a really great cover. I love the Superman. I love Wonder Superman. Woman on that cover. I love what every what every other dude is sitting there going, <gasps> right? And she's and like, she's like, yes, yes, beat him into the ground. Beat him up. <laughs> is that a fight between the Earth One and Earth Two Superman? Uh, I, I can't you can't remember. really tell because the S symbol is not. No, if Mm-mm. you flip it upside down, the S symbol actually looks the same as his. Okay. Um. So it's not Cal L. You know, K A L dash L. Um. So it might be a doppelganger. Oh, but wait a minute. Who's he fighting Yeah, you're here? right, Madman. Wonder Woman is the only one sitting there cheering. Oh, yeah. She's right. all like. Oh, she's all like. Kick his ass. Yeah, she's yeah. like the only one cheering. So <laughs> everyone else is like, oh, Superman. I would have up Superman. Yeah, I would have to read this issue. I think it. my four trade paperbacks might go this high. DC's been doing those um, Justice League and the Silver Raid trades. And right, Flash right, and right. So, so it's up to volume four. So I don't know if 74th is in there or not. It I'm going to start collect getting the uh, Batman Brave and the Bold one. But I got most of the stuff in the uh, Legends of the Dark Knight Jim Apparel hardcovers that I have. So that kind of like be buying it over again. Right. Well, I just like them because you don't have to open your book to read. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's why, that's why hardcovers are always a great investment because they save me from keep going back into my alpha flights. Right. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go look this one up when I get home because that, Please I don't know. know if he's actually fighting. It's not Earth 1 and Earth 2 because the S symbol is distinctly the same. Two of you have laptops in front of you. It could be a doppelganger. Yeah, mine, hey, in my defense, mine is closed to show the comic. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, and, oh, and Ennis has passed another one. Oh, hey, is this mine? That's yours. Oh, awesome! Because I remember That's I want yours, Death to find man. I'm just, Death to find Devil Number One by the um, fantastic Gail Simone. I can't wait to read this. 
And this is about the Golden Age Daredevil, yes, right? Yes, about to say this is actually a Golden Age character who went by the name Daredevil, but obviously because of trademark copyright reasons, they can't call it Daredevil on the cover here. Um, fantastic, thank you, Enos. I was I was actually forgot all about that. See, Tommy, Enos remembers to bring me the books he picked yeah, up. For yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm rousing him because he picked me up books last week and forgot to bring them. Oh snap! And then the one that I have. Um, oh snap! So we're actually gonna we're actually gonna talk about this on our um, on our patreon video that we're going to be doing next week um, okay. but i have miss marvel number one um it is only a four oh my god but it's signed by romita as well john romita senior the man and he's always said that this is one of his favorite covers now he didn't do the interior he right. did the, he did the cover art but he he has stated that this was one of his favorite covers who did the who did the interiors on that I don't remember. I, rem- I, I if you had asked me last week, I could have told you. Tommy, pull up the laptop. Who did the cover work on this Marvel number one? Why is it four Well, and uh, ha ha ha. We're going to get into that on our um, okay. Patreon video about the grading, because Joe sent it art. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yes, to have some of those miniatures back in the day. But yeah. So, th- like I said, this is this is the only one that I own, and I bought this at a con a couple years ago. Um, and I bought it, and I'm not going to tell you the price that I bought it for, but rest assured, it has now doubled that at the cons now. Oh, yeah. Because wow. everybody wants this book. Yeah, you know, that's a book that's on my radar that I want because it's her first title. I do like the character. Right. But I read it on Marvel Unlimited. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not, it's not it, a well-written it's not story. A well-written they, story they, didn't, so. they didn't do her a lot of justice. They re- Ms. Marvel didn't really start making some impact until they changed their costume in late 78, the one with the hip boots well, and the uh, bolt of Well, lightning. now, that takes place in this series. Yeah. Like around right. 18 or 19, she changes right. her yeah. costume. And then, then, then after that, everyone's like, whoa, Carol. Well, that's <laughs> uh, really because you don't think this costume's hot. Oh, I, th- oh, I think the, that costume's hot. <laughs> it's impractical, but yes, it's hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give, give me the other one with, yeah, the, I, with the hip boots. I, 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 I do I like the, do black, like the one. black one with the gold uh, a bolt. A bolt on it and the black boots. I will admit that was a nice costume. Looks like that takes place in twenty, from what I'm seeing here. Uh huh. I do not. Yes. I, however, do not like the um, the the funny jumpsuit thing she's wearing now. You want to pass that back to Thomas? All right. So, um, Enos, now that you're settled in and you're here, got stuck in that uh, jam on Route One, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. I told you. Yeah, because I was going to take ninety five, and I looked at the overpass. And traffic had come to a complete stop. I'm seeing tractor trailers just sitting. I said, okay, let's take Princess Anne and let's hope for number one. I'll be doggone. Well, here's why. So for you listeners out there, a real quick uh, geography lesson. Route 1 and Route 3 parallel 95. And coming in, they said that there was a, an accident on Route 3 right to the Bragg Road, which you know is going to back up 95. Oh, yeah. right. Three, then turn, route 3 is perpendicular to 95. Right. Which then also turns around and backs up Route One, and Route One had an accident also. So, well, it wasn't an accident; it was a stalled truck. All right. All right. So, what do you got for your news items? You got anything that you heard that you want to share? Uh, I know you got something. Uh, no, you don't. Believe it or not, well, I do. I um sent my proposal this week. Oh, awesome! Fantastic. So. Folks, uh, the proposal for Night Spectre 2000 has my comic book character has been sent. I sent it on Monday afternoon. Um, I, I am really excited to see where this is going to go. And um, 
Hopefully this is the start of something big, but make no mistake, no matter how big Night Spectre gets, I will be right here with the fellas every Wednesday night with you and coming to you guys on YouTube, the whole nine yards. Calling us peons, I'm sure. By the oh, way, ripped off. By, by the way, since you mentioned that, Gregory, if you're listening, um, I just saw your email today. Um, uh, honestly, guy, I, I don't know where you're getting that perception that we didn't really dig your art, but I am going to email you back and hook you up with our contact um, at Top Secret Press, a, a good friend of mine, John, and you can talk to him about some of this art. I will email you later on tonight when the show is done. So tonight's subject, um, making sure I didn't miss anything. Okay, tonight's subject actually came off of a Facebook group, and Enos said we should cover it as well. And at first I was like, really, you want to rip off the other group? And then I thought to myself, you know what, though, that, that actually is a good idea because it's be interesting conversation. If you had to do Mount Rushmore with just comic creators, who would you put on the on the rock? Tommy, you go first. Well, I think the first two faces are are obvious, and that's Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we don't have this hobby without them. Oh no, no, with without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, say what say what you will about Superman. I mean, he he has some people back, you know, that that don't particularly care for his comics for whatever reason because he's too powerful or he's this or he's that. But he is the reason comic books exist. Well, and, and keep in mind too, well, it's superhero comics, yeah, superhero, superhero comics, comics, yes. Because keep in mind, the one big thing that Superman showed was that you can. This is a viable medium. Kids will buy it if we put new material in there. Yeah. Because a lot of what was going on was reprints of the Sunday Funnies. Right. And yeah. then they started doing some original stuff, but they still weren't selling. So the comic industry probably would not have gone anywhere had Siegel and Schuster not got exactly. Superman in print. And it's funny, didn't he get rejected like three times before they actually got him published? Right. Oh, yeah. And they even went as far as have him be the villain. Well, he started off as the as, bad as, guy. as a villain, ironically looking like who would be his arch, arch nemesis, Lex Luthor. Right. So, and I think because they took it from the whole uh, German thing with their Ubermensch, right? Right. Yep. But, so yeah, Siegel and Schuster are definitely going on a, up on Mount Rushmore, Comic Moore, as we're going to call it. Yeah, they have to. Because not only did they create uh, what is obviously the most well-known, you know, I read somewhere years ago. The three most recognizable characters across the world was Robin Hood, King Arthur, and Superman. I wouldn't doubt Think it. about that for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Worldwide, yeah. those were the all three most recognized characters. So we're we're picking like a Mount Rushmore. Who Who is going to be on this Mount Comic If Moore? we were making Comic Moore, whose faces would go oh, on? I screwed this up. <laughs> I, I was picking sites for a place to build this. I mean, there was place in scotland i like there's a place in upstate new york i'd picked out but i, I guess that's all useless well we can make more than one more more oh, comic yeah. more oh yeah definitely but yeah so wow derail my chore i thought but yeah Siegel and schuster absolutely um not only because let, let's face it superman is what broke open a comic industry exactly. and suddenly like the superhero uh, and you had yeah, yeah, yeah and then you had all the imitators most importantly captain marvel who started outselling the guy he was ripping off yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but think about it. There's a reason they call it the golden age because look how many comic companies sprung up and how many characters were being created. Captain Marvel was selling a million copies a month. 
in the 1940s. That was unheard of. A million copies. A million copies. Yeah, well, you that, think yeah. about that. A million copies a month at 10 cents a piece. Yeah. In 1940. So that's what, $100,000 or something? Do you know how hard that would be? And can you, but also, still, and yeah. can you also imagine when the Adventures of Captain Marvel serials debuted in the theaters, can you imagine the kids clamoring to get their hands on a Captain Marvel comic book? Oh, right. yeah. Because Tom Tyler nailed that role. And that was actually the first superhero serial. It exactly. wasn't Batman. It wasn't Superman. It was Captain Marvel. Captain this Marvel. kid still likes buying Captain Marvel comic books. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And all of that stems from Siegel and Schuster and the character that they believe so passionately in that they kept pushing it and kept pushing it till someone finally said, we'll take a chance on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and they... And it took so long for them to get recognition. I mean, they were the ones who suffered, you know, oh, yeah. the longest for over yeah. that character because that property that they created ended up, you know, being part of Timely. Timely owned it, you know. Right, right. Well, yeah, they were, DC. They, they were, uh, they national, were def- periodicals. Nationals, yeah. National, sorry. Yeah, they were Timely was Atlas as Marvel. As Marvel. Yeah. And if it had not been for one of Madman and mine's favorite artists, Neil Adams. Mr. Adams. If if they hadn't petitioned hard because they weren't going to do anything, and I do do believe it was an interview that um, Jeanette Kahn said that um, she was the publisher for DC Comics at that time, and uh, Saul Harrison was the president. Harrison, I don't think Harrison was going to do a thing about it, but it was like Adams came in and said, "Hey, look, we've got to do something for these guys because we really wouldn't have jobs if it, if it weren't wasn't for them." For them. Yeah. And and being the fact that DC literally stole that from them. And can you imagine? I want you to think, ladies and gentlemen, a character that's been around for um, 80 years. Can you imagine if Siegel and Schuster had, re- had kept getting their bylines? Because well, another guy we will probably mention, I'm going to go over that in a moment. But those guys could have made money just from having their names. Right. Where, like, say, for example, especially during the um, Adventures of Superman series, yep. they weren't even recognized. Syndication, yep. It, was they, always, it always said, based on characters appearing in Superman, Superman comics. And Action Comics magazine. That's all you – nobody knew who they were. Right. Well, now, here's the thing. And I don't want the listeners out there to see DC as a big evil corporation. Right. You have to remember that the contract of the day, no one expected these characters to be big. No. It was a standard contract. We buy the character. We own it. And like, okay, sure. No one knew those characters were going to jump to the the status that they are. Now, it is their fault that they didn't come back years later and say, by the way – we're humping you. We need to redo this. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no way the people that were in charge of DC at the time would know that Superman well, was would, was going to blow up the way he right did. Is. But you're right. But and you're 100 right. I mean, they needed to do right by Siegel and Schuster long before long before did. 1976. Right, long before. And they that did. was o- and that was only because the movie was being made. And I yep. think Neil Adams somehow went and said, "Listen, you realize you're about to make a multi-million dollar movie based on two guys, so you're not even getting any royalty checks to." Right. right. And I mean, they should have been getting. You know something because you know in the end they had a lifetime pension and health benefits and they should have had that long. Oh my God, yes! And poor Joe Schuster wound up losing his sight absolutely as he went on, and then it passed. And then the um the Siegel family, Jared Siegel stayed. You know he stayed active as long as he could. God bless him. And once he passed away, and now um they're kind of like. It, Karma's a karma's a, is an interesting thing because um they 
basically owned the rights to Superboy. Yes, yes. And it was because, and and because, like, I used to watch the live action series back in 88, 89 to 91. Gerard Christopher and Gerard Christopher and John Hames Newton. Um, But I was a big fan of the Superboy cartoons that was, that came along with the 66 Superman TV animated series. To this day, they haven't been released yet because they can't, they got to go through the the sequel. Moving on. Before I can cut you off, before you get on another one of your so tirades, got, oh, so we got two guys on our Mount Comic More, right? So, yeah. right, yep. Siegel and Schuster. Schuster. All right, give me your who, who's going on on Comic More? Come, Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Mm. More, more Bill Finger. Now, see, so you just took up the whole rock with two people, and I'm going to argue this one. I would give you Bill Finger, but I won't give you Bob Kane. Well, I, I was about because Bob Kane ripped off Bill yeah, Finger. Yeah, because I was about to it. say if any if anybody needs to be up there between the two of them, it's Finger yeah. because Finger is responsible. Everything that we know about Batman, that's Bill Finger. And I want to thank you, if I'm not sure if I've done this already. Do you remember when you picked up that um, famous first edition, oversized oh, Batman yeah. number one for me? Do you know that that book came out uh, right behind the passing of of uh, Bill Finger? No. And they did a big write-up in there. That's why that sucker is so hard to find. And that's oh. why it is so high in price. Because and now being that finger is getting the much and long overdue long the credit overdue. that he deserves. Anything, especially that, and a lot of the comics that paid tribute to him that came out at that time, they're shooting up in price. So yeah, I can tell you too. All those DC treasure editions are starting to come out of the woodwork. Yeah, you, they used to be really hard to find. The last two conventions I went to, they even the little small one we went to here in town mm-hmm. was a guy that had them. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually gonna start looking for those myself. Yeah, because you picked up one, didn't you? I, you I did pick not. Up a, oh, I know there was a Superman one you you got. Oh my God! Yes, I did pick up yeah. one. I picked up the Superman one. Right. So now I have three. I had the Superman one. I have the Legion of Superheroes one, and I had the Superman versus Shazam one. I've got darn near all of those suckers. So yeah, those are good books. Um, so yes, absolutely, Bill Finger. Because what a lot of guys don't also know out there, a lot of the things you associate with Batman. Finger created. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. in fact, Finger is why Batman looks the way well, he, he does. Remember, yeah. Bob Kane wanted him to be, what, red, I think he it was? He had a red costume, black tights, on him. and blonde hair, a domino mask, and bat wings. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Utterly lame. See, mm-hmm. that's they, uh, neither of them would be on my Mount Comic more. And I think that's because I think that uh, there's more important creators over and, time. And Madman makes a really good point. While Finger is solely responsible for giving us the Batman we know, that's all he gave us. Yeah. Yes. But the, the, here's the thing. Why would Siegel and Schuster make it and not Finger? Because Superman's had more of a worldwide impact. Superman well, is started, the reason he started the is, is why we have the comic book industry. Because it would die out if, they had, if something original hadn't come along. But Superman's number one. Batman's a solid number two. Yeah, absolutely, and that, and, and that's why I would put Bill Finger there. And on and on top of that, because of what Bill Finger gave to Batman and made and and made into Batman, not only enabled him to come out of Superman's shadow, but it also enabled Batman to to have his own staying power and have one of the most solid fan bases in well, the world. And here's and here's why, uh, I think. Because Batman 
is the first of the non-powered heroes right. to actually break that certain level. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you had others out there, but none had actually achieved the status of Superman. Exactly. Had because exactly. The kids wanted the guys with the flashy powers, the guy who could shoot a lightning, the guys who could fly. Exactly. He was the regular dude who didn't have any powers, but yet he was getting the same popularity as the the guys with all the fantastic powers. Yep. And he had one of the best superpowers ever. Money. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That is a good superpower. And not to mention, and uh, um, he probably has, next to Spider-Man, the most recognizable rogues gallery of any superhero Absolutely. that's out there. And they're so unique. I don't know if any of you guys ever noticed this, but Batman's rogues gallery is so unique, they have their own thing in music. Huh? Okay, case in point. Do you in the '66 Batman series, the Riddler? Dun, 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 oh yeah, that's right. They all and, did have their and, own um, themes. And the Joker, it? the Joker, <laughs> oh, yeah. and there the Penguins. I totally forgot about that. You're right. I never thought about it, but you're right. And and not only that, and and it carries over into Batman the animated series where the Penguin. Dun, 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 and like the Joker's Joker is dun, 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 so that dun, paid, dun. that paid the way for Darth Vader having his own theme music Bingo. too. Yeah. Bingo! <laughs> All Bingo. right, but that's not Darth Vader's. Mount Comic More. I'm going to yeah. take the obvious one, Stan Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, Stan Lee, because here here's the thing, you can actually say, and and I'm not going out on a limb when I say this, he's responsible for reinventing the comic book superhero mm-hmm. uh, because, and, and he, he had it right. Everything worked good for the superhero. They never had any problems. You saw them at the end of the day, everything was great. And they sat back and had a laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Stan Lee was like, that's boring. And he goes, I don't care about these guys. There's nothing that interests me in them. Um, until he was told, by the way, you know, DC's got that Justice League team going over there. We need a super team like that as well. So Stan, write up something. And he went home and he groused and he grumbled like, I don't want to do this. Superheroes are stupid. Because remember, he was looking to leave Marvel. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was just about to bring up that point. Everything he created, what he did was he was on his way out the door. And may she rest in peace, his lovely wife, Joan. Joan was the one that told him, well, you're going to leave anyway. Why don't you write it the way you want it? And look what we got. Right. And, and, and here's the funny thing about it. Uh, I, would, I would say he created, what, 90% of the Marvel Universe? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, easily. Uh, easily. Or more. All right. Um, and it is – I mean, I'm not underselling it. He probably saved the superhero industry. Because I don't think DC would have made another five or six years with the lineup they had telling the same stories over. The Silver Age Justice League, I think, was like going to do its thing anyway. Right. I think it was going to, the Silver Age was going to come anyway, even if Stan Lee wasn't a part of it. Mm -hmm. So he was the catalyst that made all the other, that made DC sit up and say, hey, we got to do better. Maybe maybe they're right. Maybe we need to start telling more adult stories. The the Silver Age began at DC with Showcase 4 bringing back the Flash. Right. Right. But it was but, really ushered in by Stan, by Stan Lee. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and in case and and also one of the things that we do need to bear mentioning is that not only did for all he did look at, because comics was really as you said they were on they kind of like they were on they were um what is they were on the verge of flatlining because that clown Frederick Wortham 
damn near right. killed the industry. And actually, that's one of the points I have here as to why Stan Lee is on my wall. Look, you can even you can see him see it right here. Right. Um, he said it as his personal mission to change the public viewpoint of comic books. Exactly. And he and he basically was for his entire lifetime, adult life, from the time he brought us, gave us the jewels that were the Marvel Universe, this man was the ambassador and the face of the medium. Right. Up until he until we lost him a couple of years ago. And that was that's another great point of too is uh the man was always there for his fans. Yeah. It didn't matter how tired he was, how grumpy he was, you as a fan didn't know it when you met him. Oh yeah. I oh mean, yeah. I mean you could tell some that he was getting worn down, it had been a long mm. day, but he was always there with a smile shaking your hand. Except the Sheldon. Well, yeah. <laughs> but then again, Sheldon would make Sheldon would, aggravated would, make, would aggravate the most patient person. And I just think it's I just think it's amazing that he did all this for the comic industry. Um he reinvigorated superhero comics. Um, he gave us uh, – he got a wider acceptance yeah. of the medium. He told people, look, just because they have funny pictures in them doesn't mean they're not telling worthwhile stories. Exactly. The original storytelling medium was painting on the walls. Why is this different? Why can you accept that but not this? And it all – and this was a man who hated the industry and wanted to get out of it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just proof positive. My pastor has a saying. If it doesn't look like the way you want it to look like, make it what it ought to be. And that is exactly what Stan Lee right. did. So Stan Lee going on the on the wall. Uh, Mad Men, where are we putting Comic More? <laughs> where? Yeah, you already said oh, you deleted my notes. I, I oh. it was all for naught. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were grousy and early that oh man, I screwed this up. I was picking the location, not the people. And now I gave you the opportunity to tell me where to put it, and you deleted Scotland. your notes. Like not like thirty <laughs> miles outside of Glasgow. Or something. Uh, All right, Tommy, who's going on on Mount Comic more? Uh, well, if Stan Lee wrote the Silver Age of Marvel Comics, Jack Kirby drew it. Damn right, and I do have him on my list as well. So I would say, you know, we did a show on him not too long ago, and his his life and his career. And, you know, I would say he's definitely one to to put up there for recognition for a possible spot on Mount Comic more. A possible spot? No, no, no. Okay. Because well, we only, only have four, four spots. spots. It's, I'm, I'm going to extend comic more at, of who we would put on it, and we'll let people decide who goes up there. Because yeah. here's the thing. Okay, fine. If Stan created 90% of the Marvel Universe, 50% of it was done by Jack drawing it. Right. Yeah. And plus two, here was, the, here was the thing that set Jack apart from other artists of the day. He was the first one, at least to me, that when he drew a character in motion – the character looked like they were in motion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Y you agree with that? I and he had a, a talent, I think, for drawing faces. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, to cap capturing expressions, I think he was one of the very first comic book artists to capture facial expressions. And because I mean, as a person who's tried to draw, and I'll show you my sketchbook one day, and you'll laugh your butt off. But uh, that is a very complicated thing. Is trying to capture emotion in somebody's face. Right. right. That's a very hard thing to do as an artist. Well, plus two, he always had. All of his characters had that really – he had a way of posing. See, let me see that commandy. His, his motion, his, his posing of his characters, the characters always looked like it might have been a struggle. Like, see, look at commandy here. Look at the way his arms are flared and the way his legs are Yeah, are you threatening. feel the tension in and his you muscles. Feel, you, can feel, yeah. you can actually feel like you're actually watching him right. paddling. Mm -hmm. And look at how many of his characters at Marvel – have the classic, they're leaned back with the one hand in the air and the legs spread. They're like, you can see them balancing their weight to get ready for an attack. 
Yeah. So, yeah, for me, he was the first artist that actually showed motion. Um, I don't want to say correctly, but made me feel that the character is actually moving. Right. Well, Kirby's art holds up to, t- to today in oh, 2019. Yeah. I mean, and in many ways, I would much rather look at Kirby art than I would some of these some some modern comics. Not saying that some, you know, anything. Yeah, some modern. Not not saying there's anything wrong with modern comics because there's a lot of great artists out there that are totally killing right. it these days. But you know, Kirby's style is. Amazing. And yet, ironically, the one character that even St- um, Stan looked at and went, "Yeah." Well, Spider-Man. Yeah, he didn't like Kirby <laughs> Spider-Man. Yo, ev- yo, everybody, that happens. Yo, I always like Todd McFarlane's art, Ugh, God. but I don't like his Spider-Man. His Hulk was fantastic. I, well, <laughs> because Mr. Fix-It, didn't he, didn't oh, he yeah. bring us back Mr. Fix-It? Yeah, he gave us... He, yeah. I love yeah. Mr. Fix-It. Yeah, his, his Hulk was fantastic. Spider-Man? So, so much. The best right. Spider-Man artist to me was John Romita Sr. Yes, absolutely. All right, so Mount Comicmore. We've got Siegel and Schuster, Stan and Jack. Walls filled. So let's talk about the guys who didn't make the cut, who's on the list or on our list, but unfortunately you can't go on the wall. Neil Adams. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I was about to say um, Neil Adams, but mine is Matt Baker. Matt Baker. Uh, Neil, Neil Adams is good because he, he redefined the look of Batman that yeah. stuck for decades. Yep. He redefined how comic panels are drawn. Right. Yeah. I mean, before that point, it was still this. It was like for a majority of comic books, it was nine panels per page, and they're all equal in size. Right. And it's like then Neil Adams came around, came came around, and he's breaking through panels, and that changed art and comic books forever, big time. And if you and folks, if you want to get a great example of that, there will be a retro version of Bat, my favorite Batman, Bat, Madman's favorite Batman story, the Joker's Five Way Revenge. That will be on sale next month. That's a that's a facsimile edition. Facsimile right? edition. Yeah, yeah. You need to get one of those. Yeah, there's I said also Matt Baker because he was ahead of because of the fact that he was the first African American artist that even though no one knew it until decades after his death, he was ahead of his time. Absolutely. And and um and his like Kirby, his art still holds up. I would I would give you that, yes. Um also for Neil Adams, I have one of my I think there's three volumes of them. There's a great hardcover book out there, like The Art of Neil Adams. Um I think there's is it three volumes? It's Batman Illustrated by Neil Adams. But there's two volumes of it. It's three. Uh, it's, it is three, okay. Because I got the third one because the third one puts in the um Remember we were talking about the uh, Peter Pan book and records, right? They've got the two stories in there, but it also it also covers like all his brave and bold work, yep. all his stuff at Batman, DC. Yep, all it of be, that. Because it, it includes just the covers he did, but it also includes the issues, the, the complete exactly. issue ones. So if you can find those, there those are fantastic. Uh, Tommy, who do you got for honorable mention? Uh, Chris Claremont. Um, Seventeen well, years on X Men. Okay, you know what? Yes. Back from the just brink. Be, just yeah. because of the tenure. Yes. Yeah. Seventeen years took a title that was dead. That's right. I keep forgetting. He that is the one. Dead. He started with. He 90, revitalized yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Around giant size X Men into, yeah. into one of the best selling titles Marvel ever and, had, and gave us the stories that, that a lot of the X Men movies are coming are based on from yeah, his right. run. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You can't. You can't deny that. You know what? I for half a second I was like, I don't know about that, but you made a very valid point. Um, a lot of what the X-Men are today are still influenced by Claremont's run on it. Right. He's, he's definitely an honorable mention, but I don't think he would ever have made the No, Matt no, Rushmore. I wouldn't put him on there. Yeah. I wouldn't put him on there. there he'd, have been, he'd have been on a short list. Yeah, he would have, I, I would have had him on the list as, like you said, an honorable mention. But, you know, if we were doing like a, a Bronze Age, you know, 
Mount Rushmore of superheroes or something different like that. Mount Comic more for right. Every, if you do a different yeah. ages, yeah. then he'd be on that on like the Bronze Age one. But but seventeen years on what became Marvel's most popular title, and you know, yeah, respect for that. Yeah, you you have to. I mean, like you said, he he is the X Men. Right. And oh God, think of everything he gave us. Um, Kitty Pride came out of that. Dazzler came out of that. Dark the Phoenix, whole Alpha Flight. The Dark Phoenix storyline came out of that. Days Alpha of Flight. Past. Um, the the God Brood loves came, Man Kills. That Psycho fantastic so. Brood story where Wolverine had man. a chance to kill the yeah. Queen and transport him out of it at the last second. Because even as your reader, like, no, you could have ended the threat right there. <laughs> Do you remember that? Did you read that storyline? Uh, which one is this? The brood one? Yeah. Oh, no, I never, never read that. There, it was a great storyline. They, they, because they remember they infect them all. They're all given birth to new brood aliens. It's basically this is where, because this actually predates Alien and yep. um, God, what um, aliens. The, the director. Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott. Um, that predates all of that, but it's the same thing. They were all impregnated. Wolverine has a chance to kill the queen, and I guess Cyclops and the Shi'ar Empire stop him. Yeah, teleport him out, and he's like, "I had a chance to end it." Um, so yeah, I keep, you know, that's a great pull, Tommy. I keep forgetting so much of what he did with that run. Yeah, don't sleep on Chris Claremont. Yeah, or sleep with Chris Claremont. Either, either one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do either, but that's me. So my honorable mention. Um, it, and again, he would be on my short list. In a few years, uh, well, he's actually retired now. Uh, I had to put George Perez on the short list. I had him too. Because oh, yeah, definitely. he redefined the, the art of the team book. He was known for, okay, how many characters can I fit on this panel? Um, but think about it. Not just um, the team books. He was the artist on the Avengers Korvac saga. Mm -hmm. uh, he also um, went over and did Justice League. And let's not forget... The, the total uh, revitalization of Teen Titans with him and Marv Wolfman. Part of what made Teen Titans so fantastic was that art. Oh, yes. And in a way, uh, the art was very much part of the story. It got to the point where he was actually co-plotting that with Wolfman. Mm -hmm. And then at Crisis on Infinite Earth, the work he did over there, Mm -hmm. um, which I think originally he wasn't even going to do that book. The other artists um, had scheduled. Did um, you ever went, find out who the re original intended artist was going to be? No, nope, but that sounds like a Google search for you. All right. Have it for me next week. I got you because I tried, <laughs> I tried looking it up and I couldn't find it. And also, too, let's not forget the most influential thing he did because uh, Avengers, Teen Titans, that was all great. Justice League, guess? Uh, Infinite Crisis or Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think um, one of my favorites Wonder Woman. A absolutely. The version we have of Wonder Woman today, the one that has held true for at least the last 20 years, has come from the very first one that he did when he took this character. Because let's face it, nobody read Wonder Woman. You liked the character, but she was just there. You liked her in Justice League. That's the only you needed, all you needed of her. You didn't actually need to buy the book. They killed the character. He relaunched it with a new number one and made that an actual relevant character. In essence... He did with Wonder Woman what Walt Simonson did with Thor. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, we're not joking when we say the version of Wonder Woman, the Gal Gadot movie, a lot of oh, the story yeah. just that's, comes that's, directly that's out of it. Nothing but that's Perez. That's Perez's airy story right there. I got one that probably you, none of you have ever even thought about that I would have as an um, honorable mention. Honorable mention. And coincidentally, George Perez has something to do with it. Back in the uh, late 60s and throughout the 70s, up until his death in 1980, Dick Dillon was the permanent artist on the Justice League, um, Justice League of America comic. 
He was. He did nothing else. He uh, he did some stories, some Superman and Batman stories in world in world's finest. But his baby was Justice League, and it was his passing that got in nineteen eighty that got George Perez right. the job on Justice League, right on as he was doing Teen Titans, and the and and, and what I loved about Perez. He stuck with what made Dick Dillon great. He had some, he followed some of the same. He's kind of, kind of like was like a student of Dick Dillon because the only thing that was different was the artwork. You felt it wasn't, you knew it wasn't Dick Dillon, but he kept the feel that Dick Dillon's art gave you when you picked up an issue of Justice League. And that's why I love uh, Perez to death. There's actually, um, DC, just to show you how much they everybody loves that run, DC did a trade collection of Justice Perez Justice League issues. Yes, sir. So fantastic I, they stuff. They got in the hardcover. Yep. All right. So that is our creators that would go on I'm Mount Comic More. Um, Enos, <laughs> um, give out the Facebook pages we got out there. Okay. Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever, the realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture, and gather together the world's greatest superhero teams. We're going to have like 10 Facebook pages by the time it's all done. Yes, Remember our boy Madman's got his own show, Shock Monkey Radio, Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock here on FXBG Public yeah, Radio. you can find all my stuff basically on patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Boston Longbox has a Patreon, too. Patreon.com slash Lost in the Long Box. And um, if you're if we have any artists out there listening and you want to draw up a little Mount Comic more of our picks, you know, send hey, it Gregory, to us. Hey, there's your challenge right there, buddy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Where, where can they email us? And uh, you can email us also, Lost in the Long Box at gmail.com. Um, I had a train of thought. Oh, also the three magic words out there are the internet, guys. Um, like, subscribe, and share. Thank you very much, please. Yeah. Um, we also have our sister show, ComicsOnline.com, every Monday night at 9.30. Troy and David are uh, – Troy Kevin, and David. Kevin. Troy, David, and Kevin are doing some really great stuff on that show too. Uh, I actually need to go back and listen to those. And I, I freely admit I haven't listened, but they're doing the history of comics through the 80s. Yeah, because I've been listening to them every – So, yeah, I need to go catch those. Um, all right, guys. That is all the time we have for now. Until next week, thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Have a good, have week. A good night, folks. Bye-bye.